Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Friends, we are just like on a roll recording podcasts lately, the two of us. Let me tell you, we do this thing called batch recording. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I know. Like batching anything is like all the rage right now. Amanda talks about how she batch grades. If you have ever like listened to those episodes from last season of the podcast, I pretty much batch everything I do because otherwise I lose track because I have sincere ADD. But we're excited because today we've got a good one coming your way. Hello, my friend. Hi, everybody. Hi, Marie. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. Summer's almost over, though. You know, I do welcome fall. I know it's the season of slow death, but I really do love me some fall. I do love fall. And actually, as we're recording, I'm up in the mountains right now where like seasons happen because in San Diego seasons happen. Like there's definitely some trees in my yard. There are some trees that change, but like, it's not like it snows. Like I no. it, it rain happens, but not until like February, maybe, you know? So it's, it's, I like fall. I like the idea of fall, but I can definitely tell you that I've had some mid 80 to like low 90 degree Halloweens before in my life. And so I like the idea of fall. I've also had snow on Halloween. So there's that. I've never experienced that. So I'm kind of like, I like to wear sweaters and then I just sweat my mind out (laughs) wearing them because you don't really need a sweater in San Diego until like mid-December. Well, we're heading into this back to school season, which, you know, I think when we talk to our listeners across the U.S. at least, that's like a 
eight week span of time. I mean, I know some people are back mid July. Some people are back beginning of September. It's just, it's kind of a really bizarre season. It really is a season. Like it's not like a, Oh, here's a few weeks where everybody's going. It's like a six to eight week period of time. But I am actually excited because I feel like our back to school episodes have been very different from what we've done before. You know, I think we've had a lot of variety and today especially is something that's coming to us, not because of back to school, but is going to be really nice to have at the start of the year. And like, for me, back to school is always, I think the time when my brain is still the freshest and the most energized, I think slowly that all depletes across, you know, until winter break, that's really important for me. So I am super excited. We are interviewing Four incredible humans today. Yeah, that's right. You're about to listen to a six-person interview. We we did it, Marie. We, we did done it. did it. Yes, we have the team from Keeping the Wonder. We've got Ashley, Jenna, Abby, and Stacy all together in one place with the two of us. Um, and we chit-chatted about all kinds of different things. If you are newer to Brave New Teaching, you might not know that Keeping the Wonder, which is its own entity. I mean, they're going to talk all about it. If you don't know what Keeping the Wonder is, you will by the end of this episode. But they are also the way and place, one of their workshops, their live workshops a couple years ago is where Amanda and I first met like IRL. And it's fact, the only time we've ever met IRL, which we talk about a little bit in the episode too. So I don't know why I keep saying IRL, but it seems to be something that's going to continue. We're excited for you all to hear this conversation Their team has just come out with a brand new book all about what it is to keep the wonder, um, specifically in secondary classrooms. While the entire conversation, all of us here are English language arts teachers, all of their strategies can be translated to other content areas. So it really is one of those amazing PD experiences that can be translated to all areas of campus that can be shared with your colleagues from the hallway, (laughs) a few over. Um, And so we're excited for you all to be able to hear about it. Make sure that you stay with us, especially till the end of our interview, where they're sharing a couple of really actionable strategies from their book that you can take away from listening today and use in your classroom tomorrow or even this afternoon. And if you're at all feeling skeptical about this idea, this very lofty, as Marie put it in the interview, I'm a kind of untouchable word and concept of wonder. You're feeling like maybe that's a little, a little fluffy for me, a little woo woo for me. Let us and the girls like, let, let us make the case for wonder. That's one of the biggest things that I press, you know, in in my experience with, with them. And when we did our workshops, you know, who's got time for wonder, you know, why on earth is this something worth having on my bookshelf alongside these other PD books? You know, what makes the keeping the wonder crew unique for me and and Marie and I both received copies of our books um, a few weeks ago. And for me, what I love about the book and just about knowing these women is that they're not a one-stop shop of one size fits all, right? The book is a blend of research, narrative, strategy, experience. It is, it reads like a conversation with another teacher and knowing them, that's exactly what I was hoping to get out of it. And so that interview, the interview too, I hope showcases for you, not only are there scientifically researched um, benefits to implementing strategies that create curiosity and freedom and surprise, but there's also 
a really important boost to teacher morale that comes out of employing and and purposefully going after wonder. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, here, our our tagline at Brave New Teaching is teachers challenging the status quo. And that's exactly what we are encouraging ourselves to do, encouraging all of you to do. It's fun, but it's also really hard. So part of that work, though, is lessened or like the burden of the work is lessened by excitement and by enjoyment. And yeah, I don't want to give the whole entire interview away because I think that they all say it a lot better than I can, than we can. So I guess it's time to cue the music. Let's do it. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody, we are so excited, as we told you in our intro, to welcome our friends from Keeping the Wonder. We've got Ashley, Jenna, Abby, and Stacy joining us today. We have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a very packed episode. So we're just going to get started, and uh, the Keeping the Wonder team is going to introduce themselves individually, and then we're going to get going and talking about what is Wonder, their new book, and a lot of fun stuff. So ladies, who would like to take it away and start with our first introduction? Hello, my name is Ashley Bobble, and I have been a high school English teacher for 11 years, and I'm the creator of Keeping the Wonder, and I am here in East Tennessee right now. Hi, everybody. I am Jenna Copper. I have been teaching for going on 13 years. It's hard to believe. I teach high school English, mostly upper grades, upper grade levels, And I teach in Western Pennsylvania, and I am a lead presenter for Keeping the Wonder Workshop and a co-author for the book, Keeping the Wonder. Hey, everyone. I'm Abby Gross. I actually taught high school English along with these ladies for six years, but then last year I unexpectedly fell in love with teaching seventh grade reading. So that's where I'm at, and I'm located in Ohio. Hey everyone, I'm Stacy Lamb, and I primarily teach ninth grade, but I have a new class I'm really excited about. It's called Young Adult Literature next year, and I've been teaching, I'm going into my ninth year, and I'm also a lead presenter for Keeping the Wonder, and I'm located in Maryland. Okay, I want to hear just really fast a little bit about this YA <laughs> lit class, because that sounds amazing. So it's a yeah. brand new class? So yeah, so they oh they piloted the class last year at a different school in my district, which I feel like it's an unfortunate year to pilot a course, you know, during a virtual pandemic. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. But I saw a kind of overview of the course, and a lot of it is choice reading, and it's kind of rooted in the Rudine Sims Bishop's work, which is interesting because we talk about that in the beginning of our book as well, and. It's just a lot of choice reading, you know, finding different perspectives, finding your own self within the text. And there's a couple units. I think there's six units altogether, but I'm just super excited. That's so cool. So did you get to write the course or are you just able to pilot a pre-written? Yeah, I'm just piloting it um, for now and just kind of figuring it out. Um, But there's not, there's some freedom though, because it wasn't like a fully developed course with it being a pilot last year. 
So I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think I have like 22 kids in my class. So wow. it's like a good, a good mix. A Some of them I taught number. before because I had sent out an email to them saying like, Hey, I'm teaching this new class. So it's like really cute. Like the ones who signed up, some of them some, I'm surprised by and some of them I'm not. <laughs> so um, it's cool. That is so cool. I'm asking also because I'm teaching a brand new course as well. I'm teaching an ethnic lit course, but like in my district, because I've been there forever. Ashley, how many years did you say you, you've been teaching? Uh, 11, but oh God, I, had a sub- I had a traveling sabbatical there in between. And then last year was part-time. So that's right. <laughs> into my 15th year teaching and it's all been in the same district and it's the district where I grew up, which our listeners have heard me talk about ad nauseum. So I'll stop, but I'm also teaching a brand new course and I had to like, we developed it like middle of the pandemic coming up with all the stuff. And it is so cool knowing that you're on like just the precipice of something brand new and you're bringing it to a community that like can really use it, right? Like our students, and this is actually going to foray perfectly into our like first real question that we have for you ladies, but like just knowing something exciting is coming and being able to be a part of it and be on the ground floor is just extremely rewarding. And I haven't even been in my classroom talking about it yet, right? Like it's, I haven't even gotten there yet. So it's so cool. I'm really excited, Stacey, to see like where this new course takes you. But this brings us to, we want to ask you all to make the case for wonder. Like, what is it about these sorts of things that are exciting, A, to us as teachers, but also why is it so important for things to be exciting and for there to be wonder in a secondary classroom specifically, right? So I think, Jenna, you're going to take it away. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about this one first. And one of the things that I left off in my bio when we talked at the beginning here is that I have two kids. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. So when we started researching for this book back in 2018, we were actually at the beach. Like when this all launched, I was at the beach and I looked around. My um, niece was there as well. My niece was one at the t- one or two at the time. And I just thought these kids are so in touch with something that I can only see through them. And so we knew we had this idea that we want to bring these exciting things to our secondary classrooms. But it was really that for me, realizing that they're seeing things differently than I am. They're seeing things in a much more clear-eyed vision. They have something that hasn't been dimmed for them that it has for me as an adult. So we started doing some research and we came across a really, really cool book. I ordered it right away. It's a book by Rachel Carson, who's one of my heroes, Silent Spring. And um, it's a little known book. It was written in 1965. It's called The Sense of Wonder. And it explained exactly what I was observing with my kids. And that's basically that kids just have a magical way of looking at the world. And Carson basically explains that over time, this gets dimmed. And that's a problem because wonder is so closely linked to all of the skills that we want our students to learn in the classroom. So think about words associated with wonder, awe, explore, create, evaluate, discover, probe, all of these different actions that are associated with little kids as they're playing, as they're having fun. We want our students to do those same things. We call those high order thinking skills, you know, bloom, everybody knows critical thinking, but there's a disconnect between when you're a child and these wonder ideas come innately 
and how that kind of gets dimmed out by some of the things that we do in schools. And so that kind of became our mission. And I'll let Ashley talk about that a little bit more because one of the things that we talk about from the very beginning, and this was really created from Ashley's vision, is that just because you have rigor, it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice the fun side of it too. So I'll let her talk a little bit more about it, but really that's our goal here is to help our students connect to something that they already have within them so that they can reach those higher order thinking skills that we want them to have. Well, and that was going to kind of be, you know, part of my question is, how are you on earth convincing teachers to make time for this? You know, like I think teachers look at, you know, especially after an exhausting year, a a checklist, a to-do list of the school year rather than experiences of the school year. And I think when I read your book and when I've attended your workshops, you know, that for me was one of the mindset shifts that I had was my school year is not about accomplishing a list of tasks. It's about creating experiences, memorable experiences for my students. And through those, you know, accomplishing some other things on the to-do list, which is great. Um, And so that was kind of my, you know, my biggest worry was like, oh man, you guys, you're really putting a lot of, you know, effort into something hard to reach. So Ashley, tell me more about like the beginning. You know, Marie and I talk about on the, on the podcast, you were uh, one of the reasons that we got together. I mean, we had to be fabulously amazing friends too, but um, you know, being at a workshop was a way that we met one another. How did things even start before then? Yes. I always love when teachers connect through our workshops. I just think that's so magical. So I love watching you all grow and do your thing. This is awesome. I do want to say to your one point there that actually we think teachers are looking for wonder right now more than ever. A lot of joy was sucked out of teaching last year. I taught remotely before the pandemic. Like I taught, like I chose to teach remotely at one point in my life. And um, it is for a lot of teachers. A lot of teachers are really, really successful with it. And I did pretty well, but I just always had a misconception about what it would be like versus what it was actually like. And for me, it was all of the work with very little of the fun that comes in a classroom setting that I like to bring to a classroom setting. And it did force me to get creative um, this past year during the pandemic and we did still have fun, but there's just, there's a difference as I'm sure everyone can agree to. Absolutely. Well, I think, it, yeah, I think for a lot of our listeners right now too, I mean, myself, right? Like a veteran teacher, you're hitting the nail on the head. I've had these dreams of like, I wonder what it'd be like. Like I could, I could teach from anywhere and I would still have <laughs> connections to my students. And, the, and then I got drowned by it. And like, <laughs> It sucked in a lot of ways, but like (laughs) to your point, it forced, it forced us all to be very creative, but that creativity is exhausting. So being able to find inspiration in places like keeping the wonder. And I mean, we all, the way that I connected with each of you individually, like found you through Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, there are people that kind of like teach like me. And I didn't know that people were out there like that. And I, and I think you're right. We need that. We, the teaching world, the education world, need those moments of joy and enjoyment mm-hmm. and like loving our, loving jobs, our jobs again. again. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally so, cut you off. Oh, thank you for that. Um, so how this really all got started 
really goes back to my first year of teaching. I got a job at a school district that was not the best fit for me, to say the least. And I was a new teacher and I was doing everything wrong. You know, I had no classroom management skills or anything like that. But I did have a lot of passion and I did have a lot of crazy ideas that I wanted to try. And I was I just loved my students and I loved being able to plan activities. But there was what looked like to the principals chaos every day uh, rather than learning. And maybe there was a quite a bit of chaos going on, but there was also a lot of learning. Um, but during that experience, my principal set me down at the end of the year and they said that that job was not for me and that I was not going to be successful <laughs> as a secondary teacher or maybe even a teacher at all. So I had to find a new job. <laughs> and the second placement I found, they were the exact opposite. They valued innovation. They valued creativity in, in me and then also in my students. And as long as my students were doing well, meeting the standards, they just gave me autonomy to do my thing. And I felt like I just flourished in that type of environment. And so it's always kind of been a mission of mine to make teachers like me feel that it's okay to have fun and it's okay to do these creative activities. And one reason that we wrote the book is because we put together the research that we always wanted to have on hand for if anyone wants to criticize our uh, teaching styles, we'd be like, oh, let me just show you this reference right here. <laughs> like, let me thumb through to my index. Just a, just a brief moment. Yeah. But yeah, so really, that's how it all got started. I got in, really inspired by this gorgeous bookstore. It's in Monroe, Georgia. It's called The Story Shop. The designer and the owner created a magical place for children, and I just thought it would be so inspirational for English teachers to meet there and just feel surrounded by magic of books and think of ways to bring that to their classroom. And so... I love that. Well, you yeah. think about like what brings a lot of us to a job, like specifically English language arts, but teaching in general, right? There's there there are a few different things. For me, it was the love of stories. And I, I I can I think I know enough about all of you. Like I think it's the love of stories, right? And storytelling and connection and 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 how we can just connect on a very human level. So that magic is something that's so important to be able to not just get in touch with, but to stay in touch with to varying degrees. I think that's, and so that's where you had your first workshop, right? Mm -hmm. Was that the yeah. story shop? Yeah, we had no idea what to expect. I um, had never met these women and I just knew they had a, a similar teaching style to me. This was back in 2018. We only knew each other through Instagram. I had that's not so even funny. messaged some of them until that was like my first message that I sent them. <laughs> Stacy, especially, I think. Was it like stranger, stranger danger? Like Yeah. And but I don't know. They said yes. And we met there for the in person for the first time at that workshop. I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. Uh, but they had different plans after it was over. <laughs> they um when we all just knew it was just like this really 
energizing and just really, really special thing that had just happened. And as soon as it was over, Jenna said, we have a book we need to write. And she started on the proposal the next day. That's, I love that story. That's such a good, (laughs) that's just so cool. Like you guys are our matchmakers too, for me and Amanda. Like I start to think, I start to sing Fiddler on the Roof. I won't, but I like start (laughs) to in my head. We've only met in Lexington. We've never gotten together since then. Wow. That is awesome. (laughs) And And we're in three seasons of the podcast already. And like it, but I think that speaks to the magic. I think it totally is crediting the wonder and magic of the experience that you all are so talented at creating. I I mean, I could have bumped into Marie at a TPT conference and probably it wouldn't have been the same thing. No, totally. Cause it's a like-minded when like-minded people get together, the, the energy is you just can't recreate that in different scenarios. Well, and here's another thing it speaks to So Stacy, you were talking about this new course of yours and you're talking about how like you email a couple kids and those are the ones who are in your course, right? I have the same experience with students who've, I basically my class is full of kids who've already had me. Right. And then like a few who've been peppered in, And it's because of what we do in our classrooms. It's because of those experiences they've had with you as their classroom teacher. They were like, hell yeah, I want to get back in that. I have no idea what she's going to do, but it's going to be awesome. And it's simply because of the effort and like the soul you've poured into your kids. And I see everybody's nodding. Obviously, listeners can't see us, but like we've had those experiences of connection with students that like what's that saying like you you could oh my god I'm gonna botch it so bad but whatever the one about like they won't remember what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel mm-hmm. I think that's are, it yeah you got I, it. I mean I'm gonna do it perfectly um <laughs> but like our students especially are not necessarily gonna remember maybe they'll remember one book from one class by the time they're our age but they're gonna remember like oh it was awesome because somebody actually cared about what I thought and I got to talk to my peers and we you know we like we're so engaged because of this one escape room that started with like I think of the one Jenna that you've done with like the (laughs) super engaging beginning to an escape room and that's what sticks with our kids and they just remember that they got to think on their own and like do cool stuff yeah that's something we talk about in our very first chapter it's something that we found it's called flashbulb memories, things that we're likely to remember because they stuck out to us for some reason. It's a really interesting and well-researched phenomenon that we then apply to our classrooms. How can we add flashbulbs to our classrooms? And that's the first element that we talk about in the book. Well, as we're discovering wonder, the element of surprise. And that's exactly what we were talking about. They're not going to remember the day-to-day and neither are we, Right. But right. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll remember those those specific memories when it was something that a flashbulb that just took you by surprise. So, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. And the beauty of it, too, because we are we're career educators sitting here in this little Zoom call recording this podcast. We are career educators, which means we like our research. We like being able to document things. We like being able to find the trends and the data and all the things that sound super nerdy. And that's what we love, right? Like we like nerding out about it because it also shows that this isn't, yes, teaching is an art, but it's also a science, like brain science goes into what we're doing. In fact, I want to ask about the book researched that what is the journey of organizing and writing a book like this about something that's so creative and I don't, it's not lofty, but a little lofty, right? Like asking 
middle school and teenage <laughs> students to find wonder in their English class, which is not something that is everybody's favorite. And yet it's something that I think we're, we're working on, right, as a field. This episode is brought to you by Curriculum Rehab by us, the team here at Brave New Teaching. It is the first and only teacher PD of its kind, a course to help teachers like you by guiding you through creating your own personal framework for curriculum. You make it work for you, your students, and your unique situation because nobody else knows what the kiddos in your classroom need the way that you do. Curriculum Rehab takes all of the resources available to you, all of the lessons, the assessments, the activities, all of the texts, everything that could possibly be there for you, and it helps you organize what you actually need in order to attain your teaching objectives. These are the strategies that Amanda and myself have used in our own classrooms, have developed over very long years of teaching and figuring things out, combined together to create this framework and these strategies that we can guide you through. This course will give you the tools you need for a complete curriculum overhaul or to start from scratch. Wherever you are on that continuum, it does it all for you and with you on your timeline. So start today, do a little bit more in a couple of months, and then pick it up next summer. It's teacher PD the way it should be on your own time. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash course for more information, or just head to the show notes for this episode. We cannot wait to see you there. It's finally time to take control of what goes on in your own classroom and create the curriculum of your dreams. All right, let's get back into the show. Abby, can you tell us about the book, about like where it's, I mean, I know it started on a beach and then. Yeah. So it was quite the journey. And, you know, Jenna kind of talked about this, about how we had to really wrestle with that question of what is wonder? You know, we had this whole keeping the wonder workshop. We can throw out that word wonder and talk about it all day. But when we sat down to like articulate, what is it and what does it look like? We kind of had to discover wonder on our own and really think about the ingredients of wonder. So we we didn't have a specific plan for exactly what those elements of wonder look like, but we discovered it along the way. So that was really cool to see that kind of play out in our messy, chaotic Google Doc that we wrote on. Like we wrote this, it was kind of similar to how we met up for the workshop. We had never met each other. We just showed up to this workshop, meeting strangers online, and then it happened. Same kind of thing happened with the book. Like we had one giant Google Doc that was a hot mess half the time. And we didn't even like divide and conquer per se at the start. We just kind of added our own stuff and we'd throw in some research and someone would start this and someone else would pick it up. So it was really cool to see. But after we kind of unlocked the elements of wonder and did divide and conquer a little bit. So each of us took the lead on a different chapter or section um, for an element of wonder. And so if you look in our book, you'll see each element, there's a narrative. One of us opens up with a narrative. So for example, I took the lead on freedom and my narrative there is all about my first cross country road trip, which I, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for my style of student centered teaching. I know Amanda <laughs> can relate to that. A lot of us, a lot of our travel narratives made it into the book. So once we kind of decided on those elements of wonder, it was just a matter of pulling in the research, pulling in the anecdotes. And then one other thing we did, you know, we're all English teachers, right? And we really wanted to expand our audience for this book so that any teacher, any student could benefit from wonder. So we reached out to some experts, people we had seen on Instagram doing great things in their classroom, people who are already, you know, using these elements of wonder, even if they didn't, you know, have that name for it. And so we have wonder makers in our book. And those are 
our guest writers who contributed different narratives from their classrooms. And so we really just wanted to paint this full picture of wonder through research, through inspiration, through narrative, and through lots and lots of strategies. So, you know, that was one of our main goals is we wanted to give teachers a book where they could read about a strategy today and then implement it tomorrow. So that was one of our huge goals along with the research component as well. Okay. So you guys are talking about so many amazing pieces of wonder and this book. And I'm wondering, Stacey, if you could kind of round us out with what are some of these strategies or instructional design components? Like what could be theoretically implemented tomorrow? So I didn't get a chance, you know, to order the book yet, but I'm buying what y'all are talking about. I want to do this wonder thing. Like where do I start tomorrow while I wait for two days for it to be shipped to me from Amazon? Yeah. So with a lot of the ideas, one thing we've seen so far in like the Amazon reviews is that people are appreciating that there are ideas that are free and easy that you can implement in just a matter of minutes versus the more complex, dynamic, let me take a couple hours or even a day to kind of prep this really awesome lesson. And so one thing that I was thinking that people in any content area can do tomorrow is to implement something that we talk about in the curiosity chapter called ambient media. So this will be great for even starting first day of school, which I know a lot of people are doing in the next couple of weeks or already there. But if you're doing even like a lesson, I'm thinking of like the telltale heart, right? You could find ambient media with a heartbeat and have that playing for when the students walk in and they're just going to be, you know, their curiosity will be peaked. They're going to be like, Why is that so loud? What is that noise? What's going on? And you don't have to decorate. You don't have to do anything elaborate. It's just going to YouTube and typing in heartbeat ambient sound or even having an image on your slide with that, you know, complimentary sound that you have going on. Or if you're doing, you know, Kwame Alexander's crossover, have the basketball sounds, right? It's so simple, but so effective because all their little sensory experiences are going to be in full gear right there. And so that's just something super simple that you can implement whenever and wherever, even if you are constantly switching classrooms or if you have your own, it's just there. And that one I wanted to share too, because as part of our like virtual workshop experience, we just, well, Ashley really took the lead on it, is she like commissioned this really awesome wonder ambient room. So sometimes I'm sure you've seen on like Instagram, people will share, sometimes we'll put um, like a fireplace on our board for when kids are reading and just to create that vibe. And so we have a wonder room and it's just this beautiful, just to describe it, just imagine a room with beautiful windows, a wall lined with hundreds of beautiful books. It just, it looks, and I'm so excited about it because it just looks like what I would imagine a wonder room to look like. And it has just sweet little sounds in the back room. And then every 15 minutes, the sounds and images in the window change. So it's like a timer as well. And it's just exactly what we talk about when we want an ambient setting. So that's the little tip, one thing. And uh, the other thing too, is there's just so many things throughout our book too, that are just, and they, they've mentioned it before, just research-based, because that's what a lot of people are constantly asking is for more research to support these, you know, lofty ideas that we have. I just saw somebody posted a reel with a sneak peek of that. And I was like, 
what? This would have been awesome in my room with no windows and no ambient light. I could have just turned off all the lights and put on my screen and it would have been amazing. Um, that is awesome. And, and Stacey, I think that the idea, okay. So I once did an escape room and I took this idea and I, and this was post keeping the wonder workshop. So this definitely came from you all. And, um, I was doing an escape room where all of my students were police officers. So I had was using like police chatter, background information, sirens. Um, and, but like through the middle of the day, like teachers were stopping by, they were like wondering like who was getting arrested in my classroom. Like people were actually wondering <laughs> like uh, what's going on in Amanda's room. Have the police been there today? Like who was in trouble? What did some, you know, kid do today? It was awesome. But I think I had my sirens on a little too loud. And well, you know, you're really um, like creating wonder worried. when you've got administrators and kids from other classrooms coming in to be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Now? They're like, why are you wearing sunglasses and the police badge that you've got oh it? God, I love know, it. Party city. Yeah. It was really fun. And it was, that part was easy. The escape room was definitely hard, but I think to your point, Stacey, and the low hanging fruit doesn't make it less valuable just because it's easy. doesn't mean it's not worth it. That was one of the most memorable days. And would it still have worked without ambient sound or experiences? Probably. But I think that's, that's huge. And like you said, the getting their senses part of the experience, when's the last time, I mean, teachers really thought about how to engage the senses of their students in English. I mean, we just, I think, fall into these ruts and fall into these, you know, just trying to make it through the day. There are so many expectations on our shoulders. And um, especially, I think, back to your point too, Jenna, about rigor. I mean, the, the weight of rigor, the weight of achievement, no matter how hard we try to convince ourselves that school is about more than that, over time, that becomes very heavy to carry. Um, and I want to thank you all for this book, for your workshops, for carrying the torch uh, metaphorically and in real life, because I know you all have carried fire. I know you have. Um, you know, it, it's it takes that burden off of my shoulders. It reminds me that there are teachers in my corner and that even though a lot of times I felt very isolated at my school in terms of this pedagogy and this um, approach to teaching, I feel in community with you all. And I, I just genuinely thank you for that. I'd like to ditto Amanda. Uh-huh. On the other thing I think that I really appreciate about the community that you all have created, I mean, honest, I've, I think I've said this before, but like, honestly, finding the four of you and probably Amanda and a couple other people on Instagram is what got me excited to go back into the high school classroom. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go back into the English classroom because I felt so out of place and I felt so like, if that's a way to put it, oh. just, I just <laughs> felt like I couldn't, well, I didn't fit. That. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, well, that's going to go on it. That's going to go on audiogram. A, yeah. a sound clip for this episode, but like, I think a lot of people do what I do is you think like, Oh, I go, I go too hard, too fast. Right. Like I'll get, Oh, I'll do an escape room and I'll do this and then I'll paint the walls. And then as kids come in, I'll throw glitter in the air and like, like too many things happen, but having something like your book, having something like the community you've created and having points of contact. And even just like watching an Instagram story, finding other people that think the same way I do, who, who want to create the sense of wonder, like we're talking about in our classrooms, no matter the content area, sometimes we shy away from things because they sound too big and they sound too hard. And I can't see the forest through the trees to be able to find like just an ambient experience will really do it for us. Right. And so like, Abby, you were talking about creating that, that your classroom is a very student centered one. 
and being able to look through there. I'm just going to keep talking about what you guys were talking about. Jenna, talking about your kids, seeing it through their eyes allows us as adults to back up a little bit and experience the student experience. Same sort of thing happens for me with my two kids. Like I can give them a box of paperclip. Well, probably not something sharp. I can give them a box of crayons and like a random whatever and just see what they come up with. And I go, oh, I could do that with teenagers, right? Like you, everybody's been a kid. Not everybody has the same experiences in our classrooms, but every single child in there has been a little kid before and has some sort of piece of that innocence has gone away over time. And so bringing back that idea of like just discovery is such a cool, but it's so hard to figure out how to do that. I went on a lot of tangents there, but. Thank you both for saying that. And as you were both talking, I just wanted to say that our, we had two goals for this book and they're almost equal. And that is to keep the wonder for students but also for teachers, for the teachers who thrive on being creative and innovative and being extra, as Stacy likes to put it. We wrote this book for teachers as well as students. I think, (laughs) yeah, no, we do. We do. Because we just, I think a lot of great educators will leave the profession or will dampen their own creativity, they'll just dampen themselves because they feel out of place and it saps the life out of them. And being able to connect with others who have the same like philosophies and the same sort of soul is the thing that keeps us going, right? Like, and keeps us successful too in what we do. It's just very exciting. One thing I'll add to that, you know, you just talked about Marie, how we, we've all been kids before, right? And, and kind of like we've all talked about after this last year, you know, it's been so challenging. The good thing about Wonder is it's there. It's free. You can discover it again. Like we are wired <laughs> to be curious creatures. Wonder is something that we can all tap back into this year. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's there. We can all have it and we can all keep the wonder again. I'm going to go rogue for just a second Uh-oh. to our actual questions because we're talking about Wonder. We started to talk a little bit about next year. What are we excited for each of us individually? And I'll start like one little thing that's like kind of sparking wonder or energy for you, not necessarily for your kids for next year. I am so excited. (laughs) This is stupid. I'm excited because I've brought plants into my classroom and my students are going to be able to help me take care of them. So like I'm excited to involve them in our like classroom functioning and just keeping we're going to see if we can keep things alive in that way. But that is something just that experiential. I'm excited about that um, because I miss the kids a lot. I miss being in the same room as them. And I want to like do a project together. And the project is, can we keep plants alive? All right. Who would like to take it away? I'll I'll say mine. Um, I'm going to be hopefully teaching summer school for Upward Bound. I don't know if you all have that in your area or not. I know Stacy does, but it's been a goal of mine. The last interview I had, um, they shut the college down the day I had my interview for Upward Bound. So I didn't get to do that because of COVID. But my whole proposal for that was the entire Upward Bound summer project my students are going to be making a podcast. Um, so I'll have to get some tips from you two on how to do it. I listen to podcasts all the time, but I've never had my and my students listen to them, but we've never created one. And so I am so excited to get that project off the ground. 
They are going to get lots of choice, which one of our sections in the book is freedom. And it's all about choice. And I'm going to incorporate that throughout the entire thing. So I'm super excited. They're going to love it. I, it's it's easier. First of all, like the tech and all that side, don't let that intimidate you. It's way easier than you think it's going to be. Amanda and I have both had students create podcasts. I don't really have to do much. They do it. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. I'm awesome. really excited. I hope I'll be good. sending you emails. I'm sending you good vibes. I think it's going to work out and it's going to be awesome. Yay. Thank you. So I am excited because I get my own classroom this year. So I teach part-time and last year I taught part-time as well, but I had to share my classroom with two other teachers. So somehow it worked out that I get my own room and it's got like these beautiful built-in bookcases. And so I'm just excited for like all the books in the classroom library and hopefully touching the books this year, you know, like I just want to have the kids be able to go browse the bookshelves. Instead it's of the luxury of holding that. a book, right? Yeah. Yes, it's just touching all the books and, you know, you know, sanitizing them and all that. Just all the books. Um, I am doing something really cool this year. So I had a really unique experience. One of my friends who teaches at our local college, we actually have a partnership with our high school. She's going to be on sabbatical and she asked if I would be interested in teaching her class. So in addition to teaching high school, I'm going to be teaching one secondary education methods course. So I'm so excited about it because the thing I'm most excited about this year is being able to discuss again. We actually have a whole section on discussion in our book, and I can't wait to be able to discuss without the interference of microphones, because for a lot of the year, I had half of my students in school and half at home. So there was always an interference with microphones. I'm really looking forward to having conversations again, using some of the strategies in the book, because I'll be honest, I'm going to need to revisit them. It's been a really different year as far as discussions go. So in my classroom and then at the college, I'm so excited to be able to do that and going to be using our book in the course. And um, it'll be really fun to view it as an instructor with pre-service teachers. So you're like legit using like as a text for your second. That is so I'm using this book. And then also one of our favorites. I know Ashley, for sure, this is one of yours, but um, Harry Long's first day of school. I love that book. So I'm going to use both of the books. And it's really cool because these pre-service teachers will also be doing their field work. So I meet with them half the time and then the other half they do field work. So everything is really practical. They'll be able to observe and then in the classroom, they'll be able to practice with me. So it's, it's going to be a really neat experience and it just, everything fell into place at the right time. So it'll be really fun. I'm so excited to follow. Harry Wong is my boyfriend. He just doesn't know it. And he also saved my teaching career after my first year. Like I said, um, I, bought that book up and put in some classroom management strategies. (laughs) And what is so crazy is that our book is now ranking with, I think it's like his fifth edition, whatever, his latest edition, but our book is ranking next to Harry Wong's book. (laughs) Oh, so you are like, you're like literally at the same level. (laughs) Basically what we're saying is that you and Harry Wong talk daily. Obviously, obviously, and you guys have matching T-shirts. Like that's it. That's what we've got. Yeah, exactly. We we saw it. I sent a screenshot to our group chat immediately. I was like, oh. 
can you believe this? Because of course, like we cited him in the book, you know, we've talked about him for a long time. So yeah, it was a real cool experience. <laughs> the real question though is Ashley, does Aaron know about this? Aaron knows and he's okay with it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ashley's had a really amazing supportive like husband posting about how much he loves his wife and everything through this I whole know. experience. And I just want to make sure he knows because I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with your husband. So I don't know. I, 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 I just, I want you to know that he deserves, he deserves to know. I will tell him you were watching out for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I gotta confess. I've never read the Harry Wong book. I don't think I've told I haven't you. Either. I, okay. I like Abby, Abby has a oh. thing against popular <laughs> Harry's. She has never read. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> she has never read Harry Potter. I never finished it. I just, I'm like the one person that doesn't. I never did either. Okay. (sighs) This is why I like you, Amanda, but I still love everyone else. (laughs) Fair enough. All right, Marie, you want to take us home? Nah, Stacey has to talk about what she's excited for. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. We're so Amanda, get your life together. All right. So this year I am going to have a student teacher again because my last one got cut off with the pandemic. Like she did one week of teaching and then we went virtual. So I didn't get the full experience. And this year I'm also doing my internship for my admin degree. So I'm going to have a lot of different things going on. Uh, But yesterday in our book club, someone said like her kind of like takeaway from the book and just this whole thing is to be open to the idea of wonder. And I think that's something that we can all take into whatever we're going into this year is just to be open to the idea of wonder and be perceptive of the wonder around you. And kind of like thinking back to when Ashley was talking about how we all met, like I I truly agree. I don't think we had talked much before then. And despite me, like sometimes seeming extroverted, I'm not like I I'm pretty introverted. So the idea of getting on a plane and flying to Georgia to do a presentation and a workshop with strangers that I had never met in person was wildly absurd and outrageous to my 2018 mind. And I was like, I don't know, there's just so much going on. Is this even, does this make sense? I don't know. And we all had shared like our our DMs a couple days ago when we were like talking about the book and how, you know, I know like Abby for a couple days, like may not have been able to make it. And I had to ask my admin. So there could have been a chance that this never happened, but we were all open to the idea of wonder to make this happen. And here we are. And there's just so many cool things happening. And I feel like that same philosophy applies to our, our teaching experiences day in and day out. Just be open to the idea of wonder and see what happens. Sometimes, you know, that the wonderful experiences are just in our head and maybe they don't, you know, do what we intend them to do in our lessons, but just be open to the idea and all the wonderful things around you. I love that to close us out. Everybody be open to the idea of wonder. Thank you all so, so much for taking your time today, for chatting with us and for sharing with our audience just your journey, where your amazing new book came from, and even just like where the wonder like plays a part in your own journeys and your days as educators and just as people. And I cannot express to you enough how much we appreciate you and appreciate you today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Yes. We, we are so happy that you're just joining the community, you know, brave new teaching. I think a lot of what we do is overlapping. You know, we, we preach um, here that we want people to take chances to challenge the status quo. And I think that's exactly what you all are doing. And we're just happy to be teammates, you know, just helping teachers find the crew that they need to keep going. Because I think to your point, Stacy, sometimes it is just happening in your head. <laughs> and even if you're open to it, you might feel kind of isolated. So we hope that everyone listening is really feeling cared for, seen, loved, and has some more people to go to for inspiration and wonder. And we're just so glad you guys came with us today. And if you're not already following them on uh, social media at Keeping the Wonder, you need to do so. You can order their book, I know, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble too, right? And we also have a link on our website to the story shop, which is where we got started. If you want to support a independent bookstore. I love that. We will make sure to leave all of those links in the show notes. Thank you all so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Friends, did we, or did we not tell you in the intro to this episode that that was going to be just First of all, a lot, right? Like that's a lot. I love the strategy that Stacy shared about just like the ambient experience. How simple is that? And yet so impactful, right? And it's something that maybe you've used this in your classroom before or like a little piece of some sort of ambient something and you never really thought about other than like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. But to think about the mind, like to, to do something like that in a play strategy like that in a mindful manner and to do so with intention is just going to make it a greater impact and something that you can recreate for all of your classes and for like, you know, years down the line. So we seriously, I know we said it a bunch in the interview, but like we are so appreciative of the four of them taking time to share with us and to share with you all, our audience, a little bit of their background and to peel back the veil a little bit of how they came together how Keeping the Wonder came to be and where their book really came from, because I think it's going to, I think it's just the beginning. I don't know about you. It's absolutely just the beginning. And we just are so happy to have found our other teacher soulmates uh, on the other side there. And you guys, I want you really to think about what I mentioned earlier in the episode. My biggest takeaway from learning from these women is to picture your year in terms of experiences. If we can have that mindset shift And whether you are reading, keeping the wonder, or you're following the podcast or whatever you're doing, if we can think about our school year in terms of how many experiences we can have with our students to provide to our students, rather than how many tests we give or how many books we read, think about things in terms of experience. And let's see how that changes everything about the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like, cannot, I cannot wait to see what else comes, not just from keeping the wonder, but from people reading their book from intentionally creating these experiences and engaging with these experiences in their own classrooms and in their own lives. I'm just excited to follow along. And actually another exciting thing is that the team at Keeping the Wonder has something special just for our Brave New Teaching listeners. So make sure that you head to the show notes for this episode and check it out. We will have a link there with more information. It's something special just for you all for joining us here today uh, because we couldn't have a better community than the Brave New Teaching community if I don't say so myself. I mean, it's true. I mean, toss, toss. We just really love you all. Uh, And in fact, we are going to let you go on that note. If you have a moment, will you please 
take just a sec to give us a rating and review on iTunes. If you haven't already done so, it helps others find the podcast and join this awesome community that Amanda and I like to brag to everybody in our lives about. Act like I'm joking. I'm not joking. We talk about you all all the time. Um, I also just want to give a quick little shout out to all the new teachers in our cohort. It's been so much fun working with you all this, this beginning, or we're in our kind of in the middle of our first month together. And it's been so much fun getting to know you and working together. We have just had so much fun. So big shout out to you girls. Yeah. Talk about keeping the wonder, like the wonder of what it is to be a new educator. Like, I feel like I, there are pieces, there are some things that I can't remember on my own. I have to see it through new teacher's eyes. So this is really, it's a very rewarding experience. It's very cool. And if you're interested in our mentorship program, we will be opening another cohort at some point in the future. We don't know quite when. So head to the show notes also and make sure that you sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss any announcements or anything like that. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. And we will see you uh, next week. Same time, same podcast uh, platform. I don't know. We got to go. But we love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.